we are, have been in this series called Why We Sing. And if you're just, just tuning in, uh, you, you may think we sing because the Golden State Warriors won another championship. That's why we sing. But our, our main topic this morning is being made glad by God. Being made glad by God. So I start out by asking you, what makes you glad? What is it? Is it that the Golden State Warriors won? Of course, you're going to say that makes you glad. Is it chocolate? Is it time alone? Is it climbing the ladder in your career? That's what really makes you glad. Maybe you just passed an exam that you, and you thought, oh, I'm so glad because I never thought I would pass that exam or make it through this class. Um, the psalm that we're looking at today, Psalm 92, verses 1 through 5, we're going to read this together, is basically saying that your gladness, the height of your gladness, that experience, like the highest it could ever be, is found in God. Try to, try to, try to absorb that for a minute. So your height of your gladness is found in God, and it's by looking at God's works and his ways, like what he's done and the way that he did what he did. That will be the penultimate uh, of, of your gladness. Uh, so let me, let me read the text for us here. It says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp and the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord. Did anybody see the PBS special uh, by Dan Gilbert called This Emotional Life? Has anyone seen that? I saw that a few years ago. I don't know exactly how old this program is, but I think it's worth uh, Googling and searching this or... Uh, searching it out on, on PBS. It's called This Emotional Life. And they look at depression. They look at sadness. They look at gladness, which we're talking about this morning, gladness. And when asked about the science of, of our gladness, like where it comes from and how we sustain it, Dan Gilbert mentions these three things. He says, we are not glad alone. You can't be glad alone. There's a need for a community when you start thinking about your gladness or my gladness or your experience of that gladness. And he mentions that friendless people are not glad. Those people that want to be so alone or either they're so successful, they end up being in this zone or basically a club all by themselves. They're basically not glad. Second thing he mentions about being glad is that we can't be glad all the time. So you may have seen the movie Inside Out and that character Joy. She's just Joy like all the time, right? If you've seen that movie, her, her character is Joy. Uh, the scientists regarding gladness, they're saying it's impossible to be glad all the time. <laughs> maybe you'd want to be. Maybe you have some notion in your mind or some idea or dream to, oh, I just want to always be glad. And psychologists and scientists are saying impossible. There will be some sadness. There will be some moments of suffering, depression. That's just our humanity. The third thing is we can always increase our gladness. And that's going to be my jumping off point this morning, is you can increase your gladness. Um, 
The, the, the program This Emotional Life didn't mention this, but I'm going to use Psalm 92 to mention this, and that is you can increase your gladness by finding your gladness in God, which is going to be more dramatic and more life-changing than finding your gladness in chocolate, popularity, time alone, a favorite movie you want to see, getting married, or being glad that you're not married, wherever we're coming from regarding our gladness. You notice in the very first part of the psalm here, it says, it is good to praise the Lord. It is for your good to praise. What does it do for God when we gather together and sing? Does God feel better the louder we sing? Does God feel better the more people there are in the room? Does God become more God when more people praise God? No. God, uh, even in the first song that we were singing, God will be praised. God's very nature warrants praise. His name is holy. He is the most high. Therefore, let all nations come and worship before this God. So by the way, it's for your benefit. And in all talks, right? I learned this through, through watching several TED Talks. You have to lay out the benefit. Listeners will turn it off real quickly if they don't really understand the benefit. The benefit for you, me and you in this talk is uh, it benefits you to worship. You are benefited. Just a few moments ago when we were singing together in worship, you were being transformed. You're becoming like your glad meter is rising more and more and more. The more that you're brought into this thing called worship, this experience. That's why we gather on Sundays. We don't just gather on Sundays, but we definitely gather on Sundays as a celebration for what this great God has done and to be reminded of who we are in this God. Uh, So worship in your gladness. Someone would say, well, I'm already glad. I think my personality is maybe more like the joy character in that movie Inside Out, and I'm already glad. So the message to that person, if you're like that, it would be, Turn your gladness Godward. Find your gladness in God. Not in just how you feel or, oh, it's a sunny day, therefore I'm glad today. Or for those of us that deal more with sadness, and gladness feels so far away from us. Like, oh, if I could just be glad. The message to us is turn your sadness Godward so that God can transform the sadness towards gladness. That's the message. Psalm 67 here in being made glad. If you go back and read that psalm, it says, let the nations be glad. Let the nations be glad. This has always been on the heart of God, is that the nations, a multi-ethnic, a multi-social class, all peoples, all types, being made glad. God made you to be glad. And that's an invitation and a promise that will be fulfilled at the end of time in heaven where there will be all nations, all social classes, all types who are made glad, finally. Gladness that can't be taken away. Gladness that isn't threatened by what tomorrow's news is or how I may feel today or what I think about myself, high or low. True gladness, lasting gladness. All nations will come. And that's because God takes gladness in you. Right? Did you catch that one? 
when we first started, Juan was leading us in worship. And the verse that he used, you might want to look at it again. It's the very beginning here. It says, call to worship, which means an invitation to come and worship. And he reads, or he read for us from Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. So how can you be made glad? You can be made glad by knowing that God is glad in you. That's what we mean when we say, make your gladness in God, is that God is so glad in you. God is pleased with you. And I know on a day like Father's Day, some of us have maybe had an experience with a father that maybe wasn't the most positive. There are things about all fathers that are broken um, in our humanity. And yet the fatherhood of God who God is and who God is claiming to be here as a perfect father is that he takes delight in you. When you think about God, do you see him smiling at you, saying, I love you. I'm pleased with you. I know you. That's where our gladness comes from. Like I can be glad because I know that God's glad in me. I'm not walking around and wondering, oh, I wonder if God is pleased with me. I wonder what God thinks about me. Knowing that God takes great delight in me. Okay, when? When are we to be made glad? Look at verse 2 here. I love this rhythm in worship. It says, uh, morning and by night. Okay? So morning and by night. This, by the way, is an exercise. This is an application for you this very week. So that worship is not just on Sunday, but worship is morning and evening. Wow, like each day, there are like two times right there to, to, to worship God and to meet with God. And seriously, I want you to try that this week. I want you to try that this week. It's an invitation to pray. It's an invitation to sing. It's an invitation to write, to journal, to declare out loud. And what I want you to do this week as you try to do that each morning and each evening is ask yourself this question. Am I glad in God? Am I? Am I glad in God? And the second question would be, what do I feel like will make me glad? Like if I could name anything in this entire world, what would it be? What would it be? Does God make me glad was that first question. And not... Yeah, God makes me glad when he answers my prayers in this way. But does God make you glad? Okay, so you, you see here, by the works of God, this is, this is how this gladness takes place. It's not just, oh, everybody, leave here today. We, we've given you the sermon about be glad in God. Go have a great week. Go do it. And you're still left with thinking, well, How? This begins to answer that question, how? By the works of God. Uh, the works of God are what? It's God's creation. As Juan was saying, even in worship, like out of nothing, God merely spoke and everything was created. I mean, who else does that? Who else can say, let there be light or let the sea creatures be formed? And it happens. These are the works that God is talking about. 
Um, another work of God is the way God cares for his people. Someone was just mentioning an answer prayer, Caroline, about how her dad has been healed. Her dad has received medical care that, like, that is God caring for human beings through medicine, through, through, through that great hospital. But that's a work of God. Another one is um, the cross. Like, this one is profound. Like, the work of God is, like, the climax of the work of God is God becoming a human being through the person of Jesus, living a perfect life for our sin because we can't. There again, he's doing something. His works are doing something that we can't. He dies on that cross as an atoning sacrifice because no amount of goodness on our part will work, so he provides it for us. And then he rises from the dead. These are miraculous works. This is what you're recounting in the morning and in the evening. So it would look something like this. In the morning, you try this exercise and you, and you declare, verse 2, it says, declare God's steadfast love and faithfulness and give thanks to the Lord morning and evening. Um, this is what it would look like. So in the morning or the evening, you begin to reflect on the good works and the great works that you've seen God do that very day. Studies are showing that the last thing you look at before you go to sleep is your device. The very first thing you look at when you wake up in the morning, your device. Me included, all of us. We're all in it. And the psalmist is saying, no, 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 morning and evening. The very last thing you look at, let it be the attributes of God. Set the phone to the side. Reflect, think, close your eyes, write, do whatever you need to do. But those first few moments and those last few moments, that's the rhythm of worship, morning and evening. Think about, reflect on the great works that God has done that very day. And then as you do that, look at verse, uh, look, look at verse 1. It says, give thanks to the Lord. So name it. Name it. You're about to go to sleep right there. Name that good work that, and great work that God has done. And then say what? Say thank you. That's what verse 1 tells us to do. Give thanks to the Lord. Say, wow, Lord. You provided this new house for us. Or, wow, Lord, you, you've given me a new job. Or, wow, God, you've given me a new place to live. Wow. Only you could do that. Verse 2 says, sing praises to your name, O Most High. That's where you say, God, that work that you did today, only you could do that. It was only you. It wasn't my networking ability. It wasn't because I did, I did so good in that interview. It wasn't because I bring so much to the table and I just, I just rock. I'm just that good. It's, no, Lord, you are the most high God. You did that. And I'm going to sing praise to you because you did that. That's worship. Worship is when we gather on Sundays and all of us are doing that collectively, collaboratively, together, in unison, Godward. But daily, that daily rhythm is morning and evening for you and for me praising God and being made glad by the works of God. Also by the ways of God, the ways of God. I don't know if you've read Isaiah chapter 55, but this, this one is that very classic popular verse that says, God, your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And so the way to be made glad 
for the Christian is to finally get to a point and say, you know what, God, your ways really are better. Your, your ways, like really the way that you plan this out, the way that you cause this to work itself out is so much better than I would have ever dreamed it or planned it or had the ability to figure it all out. That's what that verse means in Isaiah 55, that God, your ways, your thoughts, your plans for me, the way you're going to work this out, the very trouble that I find myself in right now, the conundrum that I feel like I'm in right now, the feeling trapped and there's no way out or there's no plan to get me to the next step out of this, even that, God, you've got a plan for it. Your ways are higher than what I can ever, ever imagine. And so when we say these words like King Jesus or the Lordship of Jesus, it means just that. It means I surrender. I'm in a process, you and I as Christians, following Jesus, of surrendering, learning more and more to say and agree and be glad that God's ways are better than my ways. How many times... You and I get to that point where I'm convinced that my way is better than God's way. I'm convinced. I must have it my way. I will do it my way. God, I believe you exist, but get in the back seat of my car called life and let me drive it. I'm in charge. Just being brutally honest. And so the invitation about, and by the way, no, no wonder my gladness is doing this, right? Because... God isn't being trusted in and believed in. And I'm not finding my gladness in this God whose ways are so much higher and better than mine. Once again, when are we to be glad by the ways of God? Morning and evening. There it goes again. There's the rhythm. It's beautiful. Check it out. Verse 2 again. Morning and evening. Morning and evening, uh, and so it's in this proportion that we give our minds and our voices in expressing our gladness to him. Verse 2 says, by declaring God's steadfast love and faithfulness. Verse 1 says, by giving thanks to the Lord. Okay, so here's the morning and evening exercises regarding uh, the ways of God. It's, again, praying, singing, writing, speaking out to God. Set the phone down. If, 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 huge if, bold, italicized, underscored, if the device is truly, and only this is where only you would know this about yourselves, whoever you are listening. If it's that helpful, do it, use it. Um, I'm more speaking of the position of our hearts. Like if my heart is grabbing hold of something, and finding my gladness in that something besides God, it will not do it for us. Yes. Yeah, so again, in our, in our media age and uh, device age, of course, uh, the phone can lead you most intimately into God's presence. But in about that fast, I'll speak for my own phone, it can lead me in a million other places. So use, use your own discretion. For sure. Um, okay, we were talking about the morning and evening exercise. Yes, this is what that would look like. So morning, just wake up. You either grab the phone or not, up to you. And the real question is, God, am I willing 
for your ways today to be embraced by me as the way? Am I willing? Do I want that? Or am I so in my own little rhythm, in my own little world, in my own little planning that I'm not even checking in? And um, gladness will be found by checking in and saying, Lord, here I am again today. You knew that, but I'm just checking in to remind myself, here I am again today. Your ways are so much higher than my ways. Show them to me. Lead me today. Guide me. I want to follow you. I'm so prone to not follow you. Help me. Help me follow you. Um, Verse 1 says, give thanks to the Lord. Again, this is uh, maybe the beginning of the day, and at the end of the day, you're saying, wow, Lord, I give thanks to you today for your ways. They really were better. They really did make me more glad than I would have been today. And then verse 2 says, sing praises to your name, O Most High. That's the prayer that says, wow, Lord. Your ways today, no one could have done that. No one. No one could have orchestrated it, set it up like that. You alone must be praised. I want your ways. So uh, let me, in conclusion, just say we are made most glad in God. We are made most glad in God. You were created to be glad, but the highest point of your gladness will be found in God. And the invitation is to find that gladness in his works, the things that God has done, and in his ways, that only God could do it in this way. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for that rhythm of of worship there, that morning and evening. And and whether it's uh, through our phones or, or, or not, or through a device or not, Lord, we pray for our hearts that you would turn our, our hearts Godward. Lord, we, we proclaim together that there is none like you, O oh God. Your works are phenomenal. Your works are beautiful. God, you alone can make us glad. Father, we're here to also agree and confess that uh, your ways are so much higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Father, we just give you great thanks and great praise right now for what you've already done today, the great works of you causing the sun to rise once again, seeing that you are indeed faithful. God, coming into this community and and seeing your great works to draw people into worship, seeing and hearing your great works that you've answered prayer this week. And the ways that you did it, oh Father, are so much deeper and better than our own. That's what makes us glad. Father, we worship you, we praise you, and we give you great thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm.